This is Daizen Chewy X, the podcast, episode 258, for the week of May 15th, 2011. Welcome to Dies and Chewy X, the podcast and extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Dies and EX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. My name is Mike Vegito EX, and I'm here to start off the episode with, uh, who's here right now? Well, Heath, you're here. I am here, sort of. You're joining us via Kamsentai.com. Good to have you here. Why, thank you for having me. Right now, it is you and I, theoretically, at some point, Julie. Julian, off in Japan, will be patched in. He's making breakfast right now. Sounds like he had a long night with the little one kicking and taking up all the sleeping space. So uh, he's a little slow in the uptake, but he'll join us at some point, I hope. We all hope. We it's all always hope. good to have Julian. I, I, I make these promises that he's going to show up, and then sometimes he doesn't, and I feel bad about it. But I know he's around. He exists. So until he shows up, we're just going to get going with the show. we got a lot of stuff to cover. We didn't get around to doing an episode last week. <laughs> Heath, I think it was... This was horrible. It was both you and I that just... <laughs> Two of us couldn't get it going. You would, let's see, you had one night off, and then I was like, sure, we can do that. And then I ended up staying at work until 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day I was free, but you were doing Mother's Day stuff. And then my brother had his bachelor party and then you went out of town. And then finally we were just like, oh, screw it. <laughs> I think by the time we could have done it again, it was Wednesday. He said, you know what? Let's just push it off until we get to uh, the next episode next week. That made the most sense. So what we're going to do is catch up on two weeks worth of news. And you would think with Kai over at this point that there's nothing to talk about. There is nothing to talk about. No. Oh, man, it has been jam-packed these last two weeks, and I was kind of glad we didn't do an episode last week because the last couple days in particular have just been constant flow of news, so we get to cover all of it this episode. But before we jump into the news, there's actually a couple follow-ups from last episode that are kind of like little mini-discussions that I would love to have because it was just the most enthralling stuff in the world. Heath, your buddy Jake, every time we do a manga review, of awesomeness here on the podcast. He gives us what we've called visisms. These are little things yes. that are changed or adapted differently in Viz's English translation of the manga. Sometimes they're wrong translations, but more often they're things that are just lost in translation. Some things adapted in a way that you don't quite get the same feeling or it's kind of hard to describe sometimes. And one example that Jake did not include in his list for us to talk about, which he does do sometimes because he'll send me a list every once in a while and be like do you think we should really include this and then we'll kind of debate yeah and this was one of them before we jump into what we're talking about julian you join us good to have you here man yes i was making breakfast yes we were talking about that good good so um let's just jump right back into it what we're talking about heath uh the visisms this is one that Jake decided to not toss in. And coincidentally, it was a piece of dialogue that our buddy Jeff, who is reading through the manga for the first time in his entire life, he harped on it immediately and independent of anything else and just said, there's something weird about this. It was the part of dialogue where Vegeta has come back. He destroys Babidi's ship. And Babidi says something like, what is that? What just happened? And Vegeta's response in the Viz translation is something like, I did. Now, Jeff had a problem with this because grammatically it made no sense sure but it also <laughs> just didn't sound like a Vegeta type of response and I know Mary made a comment like oh that sounds kind of superhero-y and I'm used to that because you know she reads X-Men and Marvel stuff so we kind of talked about it for a little bit and then moved on from it. Q forum response thread Jake comes in ah that was one that <laughs> apparently was yeah if, if people don't know he actually gets angry when those things happen because <laughs> then he's like oh, i totally should have included that but i didn't because half the time we don't think it's actually worth noting right and what was crazy is that jeff just he honed in on it it was i think this <laughs> is a great example of jeff totally independent of the rest of us hasn't read all the forum threads that we have and seen all the different versions he's reading through it and 
he seems to have just quite, I don't know if you want to call it an ear or a sight for what Toriyama's style of writing is. And when there was even just this tiniest thing that was changed from what Toriyama originally wrote, he was able to tell. And I think that speaks a lot about Toriyama's writing and also about Jeff as well, which is why I'm really glad to have someone like him along for the manga review of Awesomeness. Heath, what was your take after uh, you heard that and saw the response on it? I just couldn't believe that everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, that's, we noticed that right away. Why wasn't that included? And well, that's what happens when you have so many things to sift through and say, okay, what's truly relevant to the discussion and what's not. And I think Jake phrased it as, is is that a little too nitpicky? And we've talked about this before, you know, how, how How nitpicky is too nitpicky. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that Jeff picked up on it though, I think man, he nailed it there. So major props to Jeff on that, right? I guess it makes us look less nitpicky. I don't know. <laughs> I suppose that we were able to I'm going over. with that stance. It makes you look careless. <laughs> Thank you, Julian. <laughs> we, no, we can blame Jake that. on that. No, that, that was great. So I appreciate everyone's contribution on that. I appreciate Jake leaving it out. We can, if you want to spin it, we can say that he intentionally left it out to make sure that- It was that a conspiracy. Exactly. All right. The only other thing I want to toss out there, kind of as a follow-up to last episode, I wanted to clarify some remarks on the idea of fusion. It was a suggestion by fellow manga author Masakazu Katsura, who did Video Girl I. And uh, this was recounted in the Daizenshu six interview. Heath, do you remember much more of this off the top of your head? I do not. Oh, okay. <laughs> unfortunately. I don't we haven't gotten that interview yet. I know, I know. Size, I so. checked over with you, I checked over with Rachel, but I haven't seen a complete translation. Yeah. I know it's interview. in there because I, I've glanced through it, but we just haven't gotten a full translation of it yet. Right, right. And we haven't quite hit fusion yet, but we were talking about the idea of fusion as the next way to power up characters as opposed to new levels of super science, which we're also gonna get, as most of you know where we are in the series. But just wanted to toss that out there as as I remember I was saying, oh, I don't want to get it wrong and perpetuate misinformation. So wanted to toss that into the mix. I guess that's it. Uh, before we hit the news, Julian, how are you, yes. sir? I guess we'll get that out of the way. My daughter does not sleep very well. That means that you don't sleep well. Yes. She rolls around. Sometimes she whimpers. Then she rolls over and she falls asleep, but it's just enough to wake me up and to wake my wife up. So, yeah. Aww. (laughs) Wake up in the morning and she sprawled across two photons sideways. Poor Julian. But you're here with us. You get to talk about Dragon Ball and we're all enthusiastic, so that can wake you up. Yes. Well, you know, it's also evening time over here, so... That's true. I've been awake for (laughs) over 12 hours. That's right. Julian's just getting going. But that's really nice of you to make breakfast. Well, yes. Well... I mean, I'm drinking a beer, but... I am too. What is the drink of choice for you, Heath? Um... I'm recycling beer we have left over from Cinco de Mayo. Okay. So right now I have a Pacifico and a Dos Equis. Excellent. I'm just a traditional yingling lager here, so nothing particularly special. I have orange juice. (laughs) You had vodka. Throw a little vodka in there Mm, and you're all set. No, but I do have a little thing of cooking brandy that I could use. All right. There you go. Folks, shall we do the news? I suppose. All right. All right, this week in the news, we have Viz iOS DB manga sales from the 9th until the 15th. We had Dragon Ball Volumes 1 through 16 on their iOS app are 20% off. So if you want those and you don't like paper and you say, screw you, newspapers... This is the way to go. I feel really bad because I just realized that tomorrow, as of the recording, is the 15th. This would have been one of the only pieces of news that would have been particularly helpful during the off So week. everyone out there that can read our minds and know what we're going to talk about ahead of time, <laughs> go buy the... <laughs> Go buy these chapters. I did post volumes. about it on the homepage of Dizenshuiak, so hopefully some people picked it up there. Well, hopefully. But who actually reads yeah, text hope. when you can just listen? That's true. Mm, doesn't require literacy. Neither does the internet. Yeah, but you're picking up Dragon Ball <laughs> manga, so... 
That's a good point. A little bit of a disconnect here. All right, so let's turn it over to Dragon Ball Kai for a little bit. The status of the music over in the Japanese release, this has been up in the air a little bit. Things have been delayed. We know all about the Kenji Yamamoto scandal that went down. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, it's all over. Daisen Shuiex, giant section, take care of you there. But the home release, what was going to appear when the DVDs finally came out? We had four DVDs that came out uh, like a week or so ago, I think it was 7, 8, 9, 10 of the Jinzo Ningen and Cell arc. Because remember, they started renumbering those when it hit episode 55 ish, right? Is that the start of the new arc, 55? Yeah, 55. 54 was the end of Frieza. Gotcha. So what was the music going to be? Was it going to be the broadcast score or the replacement score? And our buddy K17 first confirmed it with a shot of the back. Indeed, Shunsuke Kikuchi is listed as the composer of the music and then clips started coming out from the DVD release. Yes, the Kikuchi score is taking over on the Japanese home release. This is kind of crazy because I had to make myself a spreadsheet in Excel with color coding boxes so I could see where it was that things overlapped. It's very confusing because the prior Blu-ray box set that came out in Japan, I think that came out in February, went through some of the episodes that these DVDs cover. Because remember, the Blu-rays are coming out as sets and the DVDs are coming out as individual volumes. So we've got this weird four episode span of Kai episodes 73 to 76. Those are on the Blu-ray set with the original broadcast score by Kenji Yamamoto. However, over on the DVD side, those episodes and onward have the Shunsuke Kikuchi score there on the DVDs. This is just the most confusing ass-backward thing to try and keep track of. It is so difficult that the only way I could do it was to visualize it for myself before I typed it out. And This is the kind of update where I'm working on it. I send it over to Mary during the day going, can you proofread this? Does this make any sense to someone other than me right now? And I think it did, but uh, invariably we get questions about it anyway. So I know even if I write it in the most coherent form I possibly can, it's still going to confuse people and that's everything to do with them. I take no responsibility for that. Julian, have you checked in on Kai recently? I mean, I know it's over on the Fuji TV broadcast, but you do have the Fuji 2 repeats and everything that's going on. Has it even been on anyone's radar at this point? Well, I think it's kind of starting to go away, really. I mean, the releases are coming out for the DVDs and the Blu-rays, but people aren't really talking about it anymore. The next big thing is Toriko, apparently. Are they, apparently. Are they actually talking about it? Because I know the manga's been going for a little bit, so has the TV version well, done anything for it? They're not talking about it at the high school. Okay. But um, it seems to be on people's radar anyway. Gotcha. Because it comes right before One Piece. Right. right. <laughs> we knew that. It's weird, though, because I've looked, and just the ratings in general seem fairly low. Yeah, they're okay. Especially in comparison to even Kai. Right. But then I have to imagine they have all of this new merchandise that no one's ever bought that they can put out. So it's not about the ratings. It's about tying it into a merchandising empire. Which is what I imagine will be happening. Or has already happened. Right. All right. right. That's not it for Kai, though. There's been this up in the air Kai episode 98. But Heath, we have confirmation of what the hell's going to happen with it now. Yeah, we finally have confirmation. Um, I'm going to backtrack a little bit on this. Because okay, sure. I know even when I first threw it up on Twitter, we had a lot of people that were, oh, this is old news. And right, right. the problem is it's not actually old news because we had no idea what was actually going to happen. Uh, a lot of people assumed things. We assumed things. And I think a lot of people just kind of took it as, well, yeah, it's going to happen. But we actually know now for sure that it is going to happen. What would have been episode 98 will be included on the 15th volume of the Jinzo Ninja Cell Arc DVD and on the fourth Blu-ray box set. However, they're not listing it as episode 98. It's listed as an extra episode. So you can basically think of it as an unaired episode. So there's no episode number that correlates to the episode itself. What's interesting is that it will at least still keep the title that had been announced for it. What was that? A month or so prior to the earthquake, they were projecting through the end. Uh, was that the end of March that would have been? Because Choriko was April 3rd, April 4th? 3rd. Okay. April 3rd was when it started. And this episode was supposed to air March 27th, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about Originally, right. Originally, because they had it all planned out. Then the earthquake happened. This 
tsunami and Oof. everything got shifted a week and they just ended up not airing this episode so that they could start Toriko on time. Right. Wow. So I'm I don't know. I feel like I want to pick up the final DVD, but the DVDs are terrible over in Japan. Yes. Not only are they 16.9, but the colors, the encoding is just garbage over there. I don't know what the <laughs> hell happened. And so do I want to get the final Blu-ray set? But then part of me is going, well, it doesn't have the broadcast score. And that was kind of one of the only things that made Kai separate from just being Dragon Ball Z. And while it was fun watching episodes 96 and 97 with the Kikuchi score at that point i may as well just watch dragon ball z which i now have all of that stuff via the domestic dragon boxes so but it's not in hd mike and you can't stretch it on your television <laughs> i suppose so <laughs> such a weird situation heath julian do either of you have any plans to pick this up can I get it from one of you? You can probably um, get it from me. I could rent it from Sataya. <laughs> or we could do that route. I feel like if you're going to rent it and rip it, you might as well just rip it. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but we don't do that. We buy our stuff here at Dizenji X and Constantai. So, uh, man, I guess I'll just drop the 150 bucks, whatever it is, for the final Blu-ray set. Stupid, stupid stuff. I mean, yeah, if I'm going to get it, it's going to be in Blu-ray. Right. I mean, right. I might as well. That is the beauty of Blu-ray encoding now is how they split up the regions. Yeah, I love yeah. that Japan and North America. <laughs> and people would say, well, why don't you just get the domestic release when it comes out? Well, we don't know if they'll get this, what would have been episode 98. They probably well, will. And I went through a lot of my own stuff when we reviewed uh, the first Funimation release. It's just for me, I like to have the original title card, the original credits yeah, and yeah. all that because i'm anal and that's just me and not no. only that but whatever book comes with it i would probably be interested yes. in so because i need that interview with akb 48 <laughs> otherwise i will not have lived a full life dude i've got two of the cd singles i gotta flesh out my akb collection there you go all right, We're becoming we need to like. just leave Kai behind. Let's move on to video game stuff. Dragon Ball Game Project Age 2011. This is a new game. It was first hinted at via just kind of text on a Tales fan site blog. It's actually the same one that first broke. Oh, gee, what game was it? Was it Raging Blast 2 or was it something else entirely? I thought it was the first Raging Blast. Maybe game. it was the first Raging Blast and went back and checked and it was the same site, did the same thing where it's here's what the next weekly jump or V jump says. It's just a, a copy and paste of whatever the text box is. Uh, it was officially unveiled in jump that week, though. Here's what we know about Dragon Ball Game Project Age 2011. That's what it's tentatively called. Uh, Namco Bandai has confirmed it is a working title. It's due out in fall of this year, just like everything always is. I'm going to laugh when that's the actual title they go yeah, with. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's coming to the PS3 and 360, and it is another 3D action slash fighting game. So Mary is going to get it right away. Absolutely. She is plopping down her own personal credit card as opposed to the joint card. She is going all out for this one. This sweet. This is uh, Evil Mary in the alternate universe, by the way, just so we're clear on this. This is coming to us via Spike. That is the developer indeed Spike from the Sparking series and the Raging Blast series. That was announced through the press release that Namco Bandai US put out just a couple days ago. This was a slow trickle of information. We got a trailer for it via the Level Up event that Namco Bandai held in Dubai, of all places. Kind of an interesting place for it. It's less than a minute long. It's just Goku versus Vegeta. It may as well be any trailer for any game over the last five years or so. I mean, they're all, it's a new game. Here's Goku. Here's him fighting Vegeta. The only interesting thing was that there was a giant Ozaru at the end uh, in front of Goku there. Guys, do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, it's early preliminary information, quick teaser. What do you got? Just look at their facial expressions. Why, it's more lifelike than ever. <laughs> Julian, you translated the bit from the, I think it was Weekly Jump, <laughs> And I'm sure yeah. as you were going through it, you're going, this doesn't say anything. This doesn't say anything. Yeah. Why am I translating this? Exactly. <laughs> it was a bit disappointing. Yeah, there's nothing in there. Uh, Heath, as someone who has joined the world of HD gaming with your nice new TV and you're rocking the PS3 as well, are you going to be picking up Game Project Age 2011? Not unless they show me something better. I just, I watch it and it's like, 
I've seen this before. Um, can I have something yeah. new now? I don't know what else to say to it, but you better be throwing something in there to really sell me on this because to me, I could play Raging Blast 2 and do just about the same thing. That's the thing. But, it's looking very similar, but it's different at the same time because it's it's not Raging I've Blast. I've noticed that every time like the models they come out with, the character models, they're always just slightly tweaked and they're like, we've updated them to look better. And they still like, look as I think you changed the line thickness. Is that all you did? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm going through the screenshots. A lot of people are already preemptively saying, oh, it's a port of Zenkai Battle Royale. I'm so excited. No, it, it, it isn't. If it was, they probably would have said that from the start because that would be something exciting and new. Hey, we're porting an arcade game. If it were, they also probably would have focused on the four player portion of it. We haven't seen anything like that. The character models look different from it. The HUD looks different from it. I don't think it's Zenkai Battle Royale. Now, is it just Raging Blast 3 not being called Raging Blast 3? See, but that's what's you think they would just call it Raging Blast 3. That's what they were going to do. Well, my conspiracy theory is the Raging Blast games doing worse and worse. So we're going to talk about this in a little bit. So maybe it is, but they don't want to call it, it that be. right away. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to hype this thing. Maybe Very if we nice. give it the working title, people really get into it. Yeah. Sort of thing. It's the next generation of fighting games of Dragon Ball. Which we hear every single year. I, I feel like it's it's not even a joke anymore. It's just sad at this point. Well, I think um, what was it? Japan, Japaninator? I think I read it there. Okay. The guy was just like, well, no surprise here. Looks like Namco Bandai has decided to continue the Fighting Monkey series. Unfortunately, outside of a lot of us, that's... Uh, that's what a lot of people think half the time. I know, I know. It's no surprise this is coming. I think last time on the show we were saying it's just about every May we get the announcement about what the new game for the year is going to be. And sure enough, we hit May and out it comes. I dug back as far as the current port of Daizenshu EX will let me go back. That's to January 2003. And I looked, except for two games, except for Burst Limit, which was weird because it came out in the spring and infinite world, which came out. Oh geez. I think it did come out in a November timeframe, but it was announced very late in the year since 2003. It's been the very end of April or very beginning of May that the game for that year is announced. Infinite world came out in December. Did it come out December? Okay. So it came out a little later and is announced a little later that year. Those are the only two, everything else. And you could probably go back to Budokai two and three or two and one because 2003 was Budokai three. Maybe it was Budokai two. I can't remember if May goes by and you don't hear an announcement about a game, there probably won't be a game. Well, here we are, May, announcement of game. We've got at least another year of this to go through. Yay! You can hear, we're struggling to find anything. We want to be excited about these <laughs> games, but it's, here's a trailer with Goku versus Vegeta. And it looks almost the same, except now I can destroy things. But you've been able to, ah, all right, we need to yeah, move I know. away. It's like we got to move away from being frustrated with this stuff because it's not healthy. So let's talk financials, video game financials in particular. So this is going to make us less frustrated right now um i don't know i don't get particularly frustrated with the profit or losses of companies that i'm not personally invested in so it doesn't really matter one way or the other to me namco bandai 2011 fiscal year figures it's time to update that evolution of kai feature heath i know We'll go back into At some that. point. So Namco Bandai for the fiscal year 2011, 1.8 billion yen profit. So they've turned a profit this past year. Not too bad for them. However, the Dragon Ball franchise itself didn't do so well. In fact, it didn't do well enough to place in the highlights report. We know that in 2009, the Dragon Ball franchise as a whole did 15.8 billion for them. In fiscal 2010, it did 12.5 billion. It didn't show up this year. The last one in their highlights was Ben 10 which did 10 billion yen so we know oh my dragon ball did below 10 billion yen for this fiscal 2011 we turn it over to video games we know that raging blast 2 shipped 580,000 copies worldwide now 
That's in comparison to the first Raging Blast, which shipped 700,000 copies worldwide. We know that it did worse in its first week, and clearly that carried over into the coming months and the fiscal year as a whole. Over in toys and hobby merch, non-video games, which is where a lot of this stuff matters, Dragon Ball franchise dropped in net sales. It did 3.3 billion yen last year, down to 2.7 billion yen this year, which is what they were projecting. So they were at least projecting accurately. For the next fiscal year, they're projecting another drop to 2.5 billion yen. So not a significant drop they're projecting for next year, but still another drop. If you turn it over to the graphs and all the discussions we've had, this is just more of the same that we've been talking about, right? It really is. And it's very unfortunate to see sometimes, but his life... What's really crazy is that you dig into the Namco Bandai financials. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we know One Piece is doing well. Holy shit, Common Rider is where they're making their money. It jumped from something like 6 billion yen two years later to 20 billion yen. That did more than One Piece did. Which is amazing. That shocked me. I couldn't believe when you posted those figures. I don't follow Common Rider at all, so I don't know what's going on with it. Maybe there's some big revival. Julian, can you tell me what is going on with Common Rider over there? You know, I never watch it, so I have no idea what's going on. I mean, <laughs> okay. generally they have a new series every year, right. sometimes with a theatrical tie-in at some point. Gotcha. You know, it, it just is. It's been around for ages, like like Power Rangers. Right, basically. right. And Power Rangers was also up there on their financials as Power well. Power Rangers. I, I expect to see Common Rider. Like you said, it's just kind of this institution. It just is. So folks who are really into it need to tell me what's going on with Common Rider that Namka Bandai is just going to focus on that for the next couple of years and forget about Dragon Ball for a while, other than maybe this new game. I know what we really need out in there is a Sazai-san game. Yes. You know, it's the most popular animation in all of Japan. Have there been? I have to imagine there's some Sazai-san DS games, something like that. There has to be. There must have been at some point. I mean, it's been around since the 40s. They could have had like a Atari game. Or right, right. And there's probably five or six games a year for it that we don't know about because, again, like Common Rider, not looking for it. It's still the highest rated anime on TV. I know. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, it's ratings outdo everyone like tenfold sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You, you know what's Ridiculous. really crazy about that series is that it was actually considered scandalously progressive when it first premiered. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just quaint. I don't know if it's for children. If it's quite a parallel, but you think back to when The Simpsons first started airing and how that was completely scandalous about the way that Bart treated and talked back to his parents. And nowadays maybe it has a little bit of that, but when you compare it to anything that's on Adult Swim, never mind South Park and the like. It, again, it's that word. It's, it's so it's, tame. It's quaint, isn't it? It's so cute that yes. that was considered to be like that. It's all on perspective. I feel old. Yeah, right, right. So, guys, that was uh, the news over the last couple of weeks. Is there anything else you want to toss into the discussion here? I mean, the trend is, all right, the series isn't doing as well. You've got the profits down from Namka Bandai. You've got the music fiasco going on that's forcing this delays and re-encodings of all the home releases in Japan, which in turn affects all the international dubs. What is there to say right now? It is a very, very weird time to be a Dragon Ball fan. Yeah, it is. I mean, we always knew. We knew. The second wave, this is going to come to an end at some point but this is like a crashing burning look out the plane's gonna hit my house kind of end (laughs) it really is man i i can't wait for another 10 or 15 years to pass by maybe we'll have that third wave in the meantime but i want to be able to look back at today instead of living through it and questioning what's gonna happen (laughs) i can't wait to have that perspective of looking back and going holy crap dudes do you remember that wasn't that crazy the drama yeah The drama. The drama. Oh, my. All right. So that wraps up the news. That's really going to be the majority of our uh, non-topic this week. We would move on to releases, but the only thing there is is a French Consen bomb, which we've talked about a few times. That's coming on May 18th. They got volume 14 there. If you're interested, you probably already have it pre-ordered. So we'll hold off on releases until we hit June when we get a bunch more Kai in Japan and in the U.S. Stuff has been delayed across both ponds there. And then there's another book that was 
delayed month after month after month. Julian, I'm going to have to get you to pick up that Dragon Ball no Shinkaron book when it finally comes out in June. Remember when we were talking about that? Never came out. I didn't even know that was delayed. Vaguely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never mentioned it again, but I've been keeping my eye on it on Amazon Japan. I don't know if it was earthquake related or what. I think it was delayed prior to the earthquake and then just kept getting pushed back and back and back and end of June that's coming out. All right. So what we'll do is uh, let's turn it over to some emails. Julian, you've got the deepest voice yes. of the three. That means by default. And we also voted about this before you came on. That's true. That's true. You, you have no okay. say in it. You have to read the emails. Okay. This email comes to us from Gary. And Gary says, hey, Mike, Mary, and whoever happens to be in the studio. In other words, the basement. Which would just be Mike. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, while I was rewatching Shinzo, or Mashurambo as it's known in Japan, recently, which was one of my favorite shows as a kid, it suddenly dawned on me that it was, in fact, partly based on Journey to the West, much like Dragon Ball. The main character, Mashura, even has the control band, a Nyoibo and a Kintoun-esque flying disc. This got me thinking about all the different adaptations of Journey to the West that are out there. So here's my question. Besides Dragon Ball, out of all the adaptations of Journey to the West you have seen, which are your favorites and why? Did you ever watch Shinzo? Love the show. Keith, why don't you get us going here? What have you seen and or read? <laughs> Just Dragon Ball, Dragon right? Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> um... God, yeah, that's probably about it. While you're thinking, we've talked a lot about Journey to the West recently here on the show. Jake and I did our kind of big expose on here are some things that Dragon Ball uses to tell its story other than just kind of the early stuff. So I feel like we've been focusing on it quite a bit lately, which is good because I enjoy it and I don't think we've given it enough attention. Has that rekindled any interest you might have in going out and checking out some of this stuff? Oh, definitely. I've I've always been a fan just of the Journey to the West itself. It's always one of those things that kind of it's the mythical lore, yeah, yeah, you know, kind of thing that draws you in. And then uh, what was the video game we were talking about last time? Uh, Enslaved. Yes, still need to play that. <laughs> so that's on my list. I did finish it, and, and it was definitely worth playing. Did. Lots of problems Sweet. as Ninja Theory has had with what the two games that they've done so far but yeah definitely worth playing so yeah i what i need to do is go bug jake sometime to actually get his english adaptation back <laughs> and just read the whole thing definitely <laughs> definitely because i have not done that in years you would pretty much be jumping in at, not blind but i don't know how to phrase it no no. All right. Julian, how about you, sir? What have you read and or seen relating to Journey to the West? Well, aside from Journey to the West itself, I've seen the live ad- ad- live action adaptation from 2006. Oh, was that the, the dude from SMAP? Yeah. Shingo Katori from SMAP was nice. Son Goku. And there was some, some lady playing... Um, Sanzo. But yeah, I haven't actually seen that many adaptations of Journey to the West. I know they're out there. Of course, the one that everybody knows is the one that has the catchy disco theme. Oh, is that Monkey Magic? Monkey Magic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to see that one eventually. So you haven't seen much either. (laughs) To be honest. All right. Man, we're doing really good here. Well, you would expect me to come in and say, oh, all right, dudes, listen up. Here's what I've seen. But I'm mostly in the same boat. I saw the same live action one you were talking about, Julian, from about 06 or so. I've played Enslaved. All right. Look, I've read the entire Anthony C.U. translation of Journey to the West. I think that gives me enough credit. However, I would love to watch some of the other adaptations. I know there have been some shows here and there that use it occasionally. I know there's an episode in Ranma that has a Journey to the West spinoff. So I've seen a bunch of shows that have done that. Oh, I've seen Goku Midnight Eye very, very loosely, as in not entirely at all other than the staff and maybe flying a little bit. Uh, I'd love to see Monkey I have Magic. Seen- what was it the olympics opening for 2008 for bbc does that count yes that that counts as an adaptation of journey to the west i even have the album nice anyway i just thought i'd throw that in there there's a lot out there that i would love to see i just haven't had a chance there is of course the anime sayuki which is another loose journey to the west adaptation i think i read a volume of the manga but that's not my kind of thing so i didn't really get any further than that um yeah i think we're gonna Low batting average here. Man, <laughs> I, you might have to up that batting average. I hate to disappoint. <laughs> yeah. I definitely recommend people go and read the original text. If you don't know, it's primarily a comedy. There are, sure, some violent scenes and some poetry that... I shouldn't say some poetry. There's an extensive amount of poetry. By and large, it's about anthropomorphic things 
peeing in jars and hitting each other over the head. That's basically what Journey to the West is about. So I highly encourage everyone to go out and read it. So uh, before we start talking more about feces, Julian, why don't you read the next email here? Okay. All right. So the next email comes to us from Lucas. And he says, Hello, I was watching your awesome episode of your great podcast where you talk with passion about the episode with Vegeta's death. I noticed how you commented on that uh, on that the ending, the last scene of this episode, is silent and without any background music. You then wondered about what other episodes had this situation, and you just dropped it. I must admit that while watching, I couldn't remember other silent ending episodes in the heat of your exciting podcast. Uh, but this morning, I started watching the 23rd Budokai, for the millionth time, of course, and I stumbled on such an episode by accident and thought it might be a good idea to write to you about it. It's episode 136, um, and at the end, Goku and Chi-Chi are standing at the tournament arena. As the episode reaches its conclusion, we only hear drums that those Budokai guys hit in sort of like Chinese fashion or something. And there's no true background music. Of course, I'm sure you remember that scene excellently, being a fan of your caliber. And again, I'd like to thank you for your wonderful podcast, and I'm pleased that you analyze these details, like subtle twitch of Vegeta's eyebrow, which I never really thought about despite watching this episode about seven times before. I mean, I noticed it, but I never really thought about it. And you talk about such things with such passion, and I'm glad that you can also appreciate the splendor of the background music when he hugs Trunks. Uh, to put the long story short, you're a great fan, and do what you're doing for another 300 years. Live as long as Kame Senin. Not sure about his age, though. <laughs> Big thanks to Lucas for the email here. I don't remember where he's from, but uh, this is another one of those international emails. And I know I've been dropping this on the forum lately and on the podcast lately. I think it's worth mentioning that 50% of our audience is not from North America. And I love getting these emails because they prove that Dragon Ball is just such a wonderfully global phenomenon and that we can come together and appreciate the passion that we all just have for this series. And I'm so thrilled that Lucas picks up on that passion that we all have and glad to share it with him. I think back to the 23rd Budokai. That was the first portion of the first TV series that I ever got fan subbed. So that was one that I indeed rewatched over and over and over and as i think back yeah the the drums in that portion of the series man there is some pretty powerful imagery in there as well and i think he nails it that scene with goku and chi chi uh silent endings to episodes great stuff you guys have any thoughts on that Mm, that sounds like you pretty much covered it yeah why'd you have to do that sorry all right someone talk about the 23rd Badokai. it's so good we have to talk about it for a little bit yeah we should all right go (laughs) you guys suck Come on. I think it's actually one of one of my favorite arcs. There you go. In the whole series. I agree. Uh I've always loved it. It's it's the perfect combination of the key manipulation with just physical attacks, you know. Oh yeah. Grappling in general. You can really feel the hits and to me there are a lot of battles uh especially like uh Gohan after he's come back from uh Ro Kaioshin and had, you know, his bottomless power released when he's fighting Boo, that's the next time I really, really got the impression that you can just watch it and feel the hits when he hits him. And you get that a lot, especially with the Goku Piccolo fight. That's so funny because those two things in particular, the 23rd Padokai with Goku versus Piccolo and then the uh, the Boo stuff with Gohan versus Boo. I've used both of those in music videos before. And I've with both series of episodes, I focused on the hits and how much you feel those hits. And you nailed it there. You feel it just in your gut the same time that they're getting punched in their guts. Yes. Now, my personal feeling about that arc is that it has a very nice symmetry that sort of wraps up the entirety of the series up to that point. And it's not really a surprise that Kamehsenin actually has to interrupt at the very end of that fight and say, this isn't really the <laughs> right. end, because it feels like it's the end. And it really does bring sort of the initial part of the series to a fitting conclusion. Man, such a good arc. And you get the whole wrap up with Chi-Chi coming back and, you know, she's anonymous, but then Goku finally figures out what's going on. Then they ends up getting married he turns down kamisama to be god and it just all this stuff happens at once and he finally wins the budokai so there you go it feels like toriyama is really tying up all of his loose ends right there we got to bring back this character we got to resolve who's going to be god because we've had issues apparently with him spitting off demons and goku finally wins but i love it we we have to have someone come in and say hey wait wait wait, we're not done stick around there's more coming there's aliens on the way (laughs) in space oh my all right so uh the last thing we'll talk about here in the email section it wasn't an 
I think it was an email, but it wasn't to the podcast, but I wanted to toss it in here anyway, just because it's about money and it affects the stuff that we want to be purchasing as the series, the second when comes to a close. Gabriel asked me, hey, what did Dragon Box the movies cost when it was first coming out? And I couldn't remember, so I dug back into Amazon Japan to see what it was. It was 39,000 yen to pre-order, and I think it cost another 2,000 yen to ship. To ship. So we're talking... But that was just through Amazon. That's not even the MSRP. Right, right. That was the pre-order price you get a nice little discount there um so that that was good so we're talking forty-one thousand yen if you pre-ordered and you were ready to go as it came out when you do the math in money for that time was that 2006 yes april 2006 okay good um i double checked what the exchange rate was at the time we basically paid 350 dollars for it at that time that was a great deal well that's when what the uh, the dollar was it was like 110 yen mm-hmm. equivalency or something like that oh or wow higher, yep which god <laughs> those days i don't miss them <laughs> yeah julian i hate you julian that's so funny I, i'm making my money in yen so yeah right it was a great deal and as the dragon boxes were coming out. I mean, GT did really well. Was GT the first one that was delayed because of demand? Yes. Right. That carried over to Dragon Box the movies as well the next year because as it's cheaper, you had folks like us over in America that were like, all right, sure, 350 bucks, I'll get the box set. Now, I compared that to what the exchange rate is today, and it is so sad to look that the same 41,000 yen would cost us over $500 in today money. That's over $150 more than it would have cost for the same price Ouch. in yen. Now, the price in yen would probably be different if it came out today, but just looking at the exchange rate and thinking about what has happened with the economy, and that affects all the stuff that we purchase because I was thinking about once we found out about the score for the Raging Blast games, I'm going, oh man, maybe I'll just import Raging Blast 2. And I've played Dragon Ball games back to back in different languages before. I did that back in the PS2 generation. What the hell? I'll do it again. Holy crap. I forget how much games cost. All right. That's what they are in yen. That's going to cost, that's going to be $90. That's about $15 more than it was back in the PS2 generation to do the same thing. Yeah. And half the time now, it's not even just the cost of the product. It's the shipping. Yeah, it's crazy. Where half the time that is more than the <laughs> item you're buying. I know. I've, yeah. I've talked about this. I've been throwing some things into an Amazon Japan shopping cart and I go to check out and it's double the price. And then I remember that Julian's over there and we can just have him get stuff for us. And I don't need it right now. Yeah. So you can just make me a little box in the corner somewhere. I'll give you a list. Okay. <laughs> And then let your daughter at it. (laughs) It does work both ways, though, just because shipping to Japan can be quite expensive. And also, you can really get worked over by um, costs of tariffs. Yeah, yeah. I actually think I got hit with some extra stuff when Dragon Box Movies was delivered. It came, was it DHL? Is that the name of the... Yes. Yeah, because they used to use FedEx, and then they switched to DHL, which I believe no longer exists. I'm not entirely sure. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure I owed them money, though after it showed up. <laughs> I don't remember why, but that kind of sucks. And we talk about this here. It's it's so much worse for folks in Europe and various places across the world where they're going, number one, we can't even legally import this stuff because they won't let us get whatever from wherever. <laughs> and then if it's not marked in the right way as the right kind of gift, then they get, they have to pay different custom taxes on it. So I think we've got it pretty good here in North America. Folks in the UK in particular, they're always complaining and rightfully so about what it takes to import stuff. So while we complain about the inflation that we've had to deal with, we recognize it's like when people in the US complain about gas and people in Europe are like, you know what? Screw you guys. Similar situation. I I hear you. That's going to wrap up our emails. This was a very, very chill, laid back episode with the guys. If you guys have questions, comments, all that stuff, send them on over. Podcast at DiceX.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Before we wrap up the episode, I do have to mention a couple donations, though. Really quick, I just want to give a shout out to Brackus and Adam. I don't think Adam's on our forum, so I'm just going to use his real name because that's the only thing I know 
what to call him. I'm going to retroactively apply something here. Adam's donation is going to cover our Legend of Cyan figures review. So this will be, from here on out, the Adam Memorial Legend of Cyan figures review. Massive congrats on that. We were just talking about shipping prices. Yeah, most of the figures cost was covered through uh, affiliate referrals and purchases. Shipping is not covered by that stuff. And even when it's coming from Play Asia, you throw a couple figures into a box, that shipping cost jumps way the hell up. So I definitely appreciate that. Guys, I don't want to mention it all the time, but if you are looking to toss a couple dollars, it helps. Uh, Heath, you're talking on your Caster and Lemmy Memorial, what were we calling it? Like, Offshore Memorial Recording Outfit Number One? I think that's what we were calling it, because we're going to set up stations across the country. We are, we are. Isn't that the plan? You're number one. Jake will probably be number two. When Julian makes his way back, we'll hook him up with all the same stuff, so we got to keep him properly numbered in a range. So I do want to toss it out there. Please do. We, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. It keeps the website going. It keeps the podcast stuff. It just keeps everything for all of us continuing to produce content that you want to read, that you want to listen to, that you want to share with your friends. So big thanks there. That's going to wrap up the episode. It was a, like I said, a very chill one about not a whole lot other than news and emails and stuff. But uh, this gives me a chance to talk with my friends every week that I don't get to see all the time because Julian, you're in Japan and Heath, I'm I'm pretty sure you're in, what are you, like Africa or something? I think so. (laughs) I'm going to South Africa, actually. Are you really? Because they they actually have internet there. Oh, nice. Um, No, I'm in the middle of the country. Yes. I haven't moved. That's right. I used to move a lot, but now we're kind of permanent. Very good. So yeah, the podcast, sure, it's for all you guys and gals listening, but it's also for us to get together. And yeah, we talk about Dragon Ball, but we also talk for a long time before the show and usually talk for a long time after the show, but a whole lot of stuff. So we all enjoy it. Uh, Before we wrap things up, Heath, I guess I'll let you do a little content type look. Okay. Apparently, I missed a couple things last week so i'm sorry to everybody because i got yelled at about it on the forums apparently um wait what what'd you do well apparently i forgot to mention the dragon ball z summer vacation special i had put up just like two days before we recorded the podcast oh, and last right. time i forgot to mention it and everyone's like oh you forgot to mention this why didn't you mention it so i'm going to mention it now well, well, hold on so all those people can leave me alone if they already know about it what do they care if you mention exactly it that's what i don't understand apparently everyone else needs to know you know like their friends didn't know so i have to tell their friends all right, for well, them that's fair hey they should be doing so, our promotion for us though that's what i said that's how it works but, here guys so if anybody hasn't seen it yet because it went up april 21st so for the love of god has been up for like three weeks. <laughs> That's like five years in internet time. I know. So we actually reviewed a copy of this on this here podcast. We did. We did. It was uh, myself, you, and Mary. It is a Dragon Ball Z movie seven kind of uh, recap while they covered the rest of the movies. And it aired in the summer of some time that I can't remember. Do you remember off the top? It was 90 something. 92, 93? 92. Sometime between July and August of 92. Uh, it was about 45 minutes long we watched it we got a copy from our buddy k17 and we now actually have an official page up so you can go read and look at pretty pictures and watch some video of it and uh, it's pretty cool because everyone likes video and not text apparently no no one likes sex. They want to listen about it and watch a video about it. But is it video in a postage stamp size window that you can download <laughs> for an hour? <laughs> no. Something like it's, that. It's not ROMs in code. We've got a veteran code. That was the best we had to go <laughs> on for it. years, and we liked it. It was good. Damn straight. It blinded my eyes. But I forget what we were talking about, but it was it was another thread about watching things and how did you first see something. And I was uh, flashing back to downloading QuickTime clips from Raditz's homepage oh in 97. Yes. The best of best of quality. And you know what? I go back and look at some of those clips, and to this day, I think, oh, this doesn't look too bad. Well, that's nostalgia. It is. I'm totally blind. And then we also have another new section, so I'll pimp that as well. That went up on May 2nd. It's a new mini Dragon Ball guide that we put up. Uh, Jake went over all of the kanji characters that appear throughout the series that typically either characters wear or are on some specific item that belongs to a character. So we just kind of dissected those, put up some pictures, explained the kanji, went over the significance and how it applies to the series. So if anyone wants to check those out. I can already imagine you've got things like uh, Oolong when he first shows up with his soup and all of Goku's yes. key, the, the symbols that go through. It's, it is amazing when we go through a lot of these things because, you know, a lot of people are like, ah, I'm going to send you an email because you know everything. And we actually, we learn a lot of things when we create 
create these guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, for instance, Jake was like, hey, Heath, did you know that all the kanji symbols change? Like when Oolong puts his thumb in the soup yep. and stuff. And I was like, yeah. I did know that, actually. And that was one thing Jake had never noticed. Good. So, so Jake does not know everything. That's good to hear. So yeah. he'll probably Scandal. kill me now. But <laughs> Revealing his No, it's just secrets. little things like that where half of what we do comes about because we don't know ourselves. So we're going to research. Yep. And what we find out, we decide, well, might as well just compile it all together and put it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we so, have fun there you go. doing everything that we do whether it's a podcast, whether it's sections on the site. It's usually for our own purposes, but we have fun doing it. And at that point, why not share it with everyone? Because that's part of the goal, too. Exactly. Lovely. So I think that's all we have. But you can check these out on our website, kanzentai.com, www.k-a-n-z-e-n-t-a-i, full stop, C-O-M. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, man. Over at Daizenshu EX, I haven't done a whole lot of content, but it's just been news, news, news. We've been trying to cover everything in as much detail as we've been able to. You get things just like the, the new announcement of the game. You, there are no translations anywhere about what the pages say. So we'll do it for you, even if it says, Julian, what, one of the lines was just like extreme excitement. Yeah, basically. God. Super excitement. <laughs> There's nothing in there, but damn it. We've got your translations for you. So, yeah, it's just been news out the wazoo for us the last couple of weeks. You know, all I learned is that there's action, there's drama, <laughs> and you need skill. <laughs> but other than that, it's a great game. Man, that that, wow. that takes us back to our Yamsha's a pretty cool guy dissections. He is a pretty cool guy. Lovely. So, yeah, it's been news. There, there's... There's some content in the works, but it hasn't been a, a main priority. Work stuff's been going on. Finally, one of my big conferences has come and gone, so I can focus on some other stuff at 9 o'clock at and night. mine's about to begin. Oh, good, good. So uh, we'll trade. I can do content again, okay. and you can lie okay. in a puddle of this your This is own. how we collaborate. Absolutely. Um... So I guess, Julian, you and I, Daizen X, tell the cool kids how to find it. Yes, well, you can find us at daizex.com. That's www.daizex.com. Did you just mix, like, four languages? <laughs> I think it did. Well, American English, British English, and Spanish. Okay, so three. That's my Julian. This was a weird episode, but it was a fun episode. Next week, we'll hit you back with 259. Again, I don't know what we'll get to next week because uh, the order of episodes has been thrown out of whack. And Heath, you and I are also going to have to start working on Oticon panel stuff, too. So, Oh, crap. <laughs> that'll translate... Got more of that stuff. That'll translate into podcast episodes and website content. So, while it may delay yes. other things, it there are rewards to reap down the road, and you and I can talk about that. I've already started compiling certain things for certain subjects, so that's good. And I have a new section that I've been writing, talking to you about, that we need to cover on the podcast. Oh, all right. But I've been writing, like, a paragraph a day. Yes, so. yes that's how it goes sometimes. Yay. All right, we're done here. This is 258. Check us out next week for 259. For, all right, let's see. Mary, who is upstairs, either coming down with something or we just cleaned today so the allergies are acting up. She's off there. Julian, for you, off in Japan. Yes. For Heath, off in the middle of our fine United States of America. A place that some people call nowhere. My name is Mike Vegito EX. Guys, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Julian, wrap it up. Thank you for listening to the podcast again this week. We'll see you next time. 